0: and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, turn with me to Joshua chapter 24 as we're continuing on this third installment of Bible Boldness. Joshua chapter 24 is where we're going to begin today. I just want to acknowledge my outlaws. I mean, my in-laws are here today as well. Lars family. They they don't come. They don't come just to hear the preaching. They come because this is the most they ever hear me talk at one time. Because when I'm at, you know when I'm out and about, they they think they've I fooled them. They think I'm quiet most of the time. But uh, I'm glad to have y'all, and I love y'all. Joshua chapter 24 verse 14 is where we're going to begin today. We've been talking the past couple weeks back and forth between me and pastor, different things, but what I've been ministering on is Bible boldness and the necessary ingredient of boldness in your Christian walk. Unless we're bold for Christ, our faith won't operate as it should. And really, boldness is necessary to the living out of our faith. How many knows the Bible says that without works, faith is dead? Amen? And oftentimes, those workings of faith are seen as very bold acts on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we looked at two different uh, instances in the Bible. The first time we looked at those three Hebrew children and how they defied the law of the land. They defied what that ungodly king, Nebuchadnezzar, had decreed that you're going to worship someone else other than the true God. And they said, well, we'd rather give our life than bow our knee to any other God. We looked at Moses and how he traded the pleasures of Egypt, the treasures of Egypt, and the the pride of Egypt, becoming Pharaoh or having the opportunity to become Pharaoh and be a general there. He traded all that so that he might have the reward of Christ. And though it brought some reproach, the reward of Christ was far greater than what any reproach or any cost could be, And so today, on this Father's Day edition, Happy Father's Day to all you fathers here. I appreciate you. On this Father's Day edition, I want you to see here this third idea of what we're talking about with Joshua and boldness. Joshua 24, verse 14. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt serve the Lord. Verse 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many can say amen to that? How many are you're going to serve God and you're going to lead your household to serve the Lord? Amen? I want us to just break down that verse 15. There's a lot taking place there. And I want us to see the fullness of how Joshua, at the end of his days, he was able to boldly stand before a nation. He stood before his entire nation. And he made a declaration. Look, you can choose to serve whoever you want. You can serve the gods of your fathers in Egypt and before then. Referencing to Abraham, how his father was an idol worshiper. And God pulled and plucked out Abraham out of idolatry and told him to leave and come away from his father. You can go back to those gods of your fathers. Or you can go and serve the gods in the land which we have now conquered. Think about that, how silly that would be. You can serve the gods who weren't strong enough to keep the land from your enemies. You can serve the losing gods. I don't think I'm going to serve losing gods. Or you can do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to serve the living God. And not just myself. I will lead, direct, and command... My house to serve the living God. And we see that Joshua, he made this bold, this may be the most bold thing he did in his life on the earth. He lived for 110 years. And at the end of his days, he stands before a nation. You think about it. Joshua's already won battles. They're in the promised land. They've received what God has promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're there. Joshua fulfilled what Moses was not allowed to do. He's a type of like Christ. A shadow, an Old Testament shadow and type of Christ that through what Joshua, which means God is salvation, he brought the people of God into an inheritance. He's got nothing else to to gain at this point. He doesn't have to, if you will, make a line in in the sand, but he does. He crosses a line in the sand before the entire nation. Not just a few people not just at a family reunion, not just at work, but for everyone and all to hear, everyone that has been following him for years, he says, do what you want, but I won't be moved. I'll serve God, and I'll command my household to do the same. And I want us to look at a few things, because if we can dissect this Bold declaration of a man of God that really when you go through this book that carries his name and you look throughout the Old Testament any time that Joshua is referenced, it's always a good thing. He lived r- holy before the Lord. How many knows holiness is achievable by the blood of Christ? Amen? I mean, there is a such thing as living holy unto God. I know there's some people that might act like that's impossible. But the Bible says, for what's impossible with man is possible with God. And I just believe that if Jesus can save us from sins, He can keep us from it. He can keep us clean. He can keep us holy. What if I make a mistake? Repent. Get right with the Lord and keep on moving. Get stronger day by day. Grow closer and closer. You know, the book of Hebrews chapter 6 says, we have to move on from just milk of the Word of God. Move on to some meat. How many like a good steak? Amen? All right, you see that, wives? You see that, mothers? Your husbands, your uh, fathers, they like good steak. All right, not bologna sandwiches today. We can eat that tomorrow. We want some good steak today, Father's Day steak. We've got to move on from milk of the Word. And, And it says, you know, if you keep rehearsing over and over repentance and baptism and this and that and this and that, you will never get into the mature things of God. And the reality is that God wants you to be strengthened so that you can lead a household in the things of God. So that you can lead co-workers in the things of God. So that you can lead uh, people in this church to the things of God. You have to get past the point of, as for me, so that we can get to the, and my household. And if we'll look at what Joshua did, we can say, well, God's no respecter of persons. If He did it, and God honored what He did, well, by faith, I can do it in my life, and God will honor it as well. How many believe that? Say amen. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew 15, verse 3. Matthew chapter 15, verse 3. Notice what Joshua's saying there. As you're turning to Matthew 15, Joshua makes this statement. We're going to break it it apart into three different separate parts. He says, choose you this day. Every one of us have to make a choice. There's no one that will breathe air on this earth that won't have to make the choice. Are you going to serve God or something or someone or something else? Every person will be held accountable at the end of their days. Have you served God? Did you serve God? Did you put your faith in Jesus? And you can see here, Every person has to make this decision. And the first point I want us to look at is this. Joshua says, look, you can serve the God of your fathers. And when I was reading that and praying through that and thinking about that, what I, what I come to realize is there is a deceptive spirit of tradition. Not all tradition is bad. Don't get me wrong. How many celebrate Christmas every December 25th? That's a tradition, Right. Not all traditions evil. But what I'm saying is to do something just to have an outward appearance is wicked. To, to, to just go through steps and have an outward show with no inward witness or conviction, it's an ungodly thing. It's a wicked thing. And Joshua saying you can choose the gods of your fathers. You can choose the God of tradition. Well, we've always done this. Well, I don't believe that. Why not? Well, my mama didn't believe it. My grandma didn't believe it. My great-grandma didn't believe it. They ever tell you why? No, we just don't believe that. Tradition will stifle. Tradition will hem up, will quench. We don't just do something because we saw someone else do it. We do it because we see in the Word of God. Now, thank God for godly witnesses and godly imitators. Ephesians 5.1 Thank God for godly imitators who will imitate God and display holiness and display the power of God. Oh, when you see someone winning for Jesus, see what they're doing and do the same thing in your life. But to just simply just do something just for the sake of doing it, it carries no power. And Joshua was saying, look, you can serve the God of your fathers if you want. Matthew 15, verse 3. Jesus said this. He answered and said to them. The scribes and Pharisees, they're, they're upset because they're disciples. He came out and said, you didn't follow the tradition of the elders. You didn't wash your hands. We always wash our hands. My goodness, we're holy, Jesus. We wash our hands so much they've turned red. We peeled out that outside skin uh, kind of like the past year, right, with all the sanitizers and washing our hands over and over. You took off three layers of skin. We we wash our hands before we eat bread. Bless God. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and honor your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. He's quoting Levitical law here. But you say, Whoever says to his father or his mother, Whatever profit, whatever gift you might receive from me, that's a gift from God. In other words, they created, these Pharisees and scribes, they created a religious law. And they devised among themselves, they said this, look, we're bound by the law to give and to help our parents. How many believe you should help your parents? Amen. There's a time where the child grows up and they become a steward and help their parents as well in time of need. That's a godly thing. Amen. Well, they had come up with this religious tradition. They thought, well, this is really costing us a whole lot of money helping mom and dad in their older age. How can we get out of this? They said, I know, let's create a law. We'll say that. We'll come out and we'll do a big show and a big ceremony. And we'll say, everything I have I vow to God and I will keep it in my bank account until he needs it. Uh And then then they'll go to his mom and dad and say, Mom and dad, I really wish I could help you. But everything I have, I've vowed to the Lord. And if I were to give you anything, it would be taking away because it would be a gift from God I'd be giving to you. And you don't want me to take away from the Lord, do you? Oh, no, I wouldn't want to do that, son. You're so holy. Yeah, I'd hate for you to take away. Don't take away from God. And then they, they get to keep all the money. Tradition. Outside display. I would give it to you, Mom, but my holiness prevents me from helping you. When you say it out loud, you hear how ridiculous that is. But this is what they'd come up with. And Jesus realizes it. Jesus knows the trickery. Jesus knows the plans. Jesus sees the heart of man. He said this through the prophet Samuel. He reminded Samuel when he sent him to anoint another king after Saul, King David. Samuel's looking at all these brothers of David. And Samuel said, man, this, there's got to be a king in here. They're tall, they're strong, they're big, they're fast, they can run. There's a king in here, oh yeah. And God said, Samuel, I'm not looking on outward appearance. It's the one whose heart's turned toward me. The one that his own father didn't even recognize. Jesse didn't even bring David in. He's the little one. He's the keeper of the sheep. And Samuel is reminded by God that God sees the heart of man. And that's really what it comes down. Let's look at this, verse 6. Matthew 15, 6. Then he need not honor his father or mother, this religious law. Thus you have made the commandment of God or the Word of God of no effect by your tradition. You made the commandment of God and the Word of God of no effect. Now, how many believe the Word of God is powerful? But tradition can stop that power of God's Word manifesting in someone's life. Tradition, outward show, creating your own religion, your own belief system, saying, well, you know what, I know the Bible says that, but here's here's the newest thing nowadays. Well, I know, what the, I know the Bible says that's a sin or, you know, talk about different sins, of, whether homosexuality or this transgenderism stuff or sexual perversions and different things. I know that's a sin, but that was way back then. We, we've learned differently today. We know this different. We, we've, we, we're living in a newer age. How arrogant to assume that just because I was born at a later calendar date that I know more than God. Dad and I were talking, uh, talking about spanking, and I told him I spank Naomi once a day just to get her used to it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding because she's never done anything wrong ever and never will. I was joking with Laura. Naomi, she was playing and this morning eating, and I said, I think, I think she's probably gonna get more spankings than all the kids that we have, Laura. And Laura laughed. She said, Yeah, right, because you know, she, I, oh. My daughter, mm. when she she just looked at me, smiled Doesn't matter, right? She just pinched you, slapped, up, and she, oh, it's okay, baby. Go ahead, hit me again, hit me again, baby. But the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Oh, well, I've learned how to uh, discipline my children in other ways. I've taken your children out on kids nine out. They may need a rod. Not hurt, not hurt, not abuse, not abuse. It wasn't until I had Naomi that I realized that my father wasn't lying to me years ago. This hurts me more than it hurts you. And I didn't want to get any more licks, but I was thinking, there ain't no way. That's <laughs> a two and three quarter inch belt. There ain't no way that hurts, more, hurts you more. Let's, let's switch spots. I'll take the pain now, Dad. Let's switch spots. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that you know God is your Father because He will chastise you. He'll discipline you. I don't want to be a friend, I want to be a parent. And you see, in the spirit of this age, the spirit of this world, there's different things you can look at. But it's this simple. I just believe. Now everyone would have said, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But when it gets right down to the bare nuts of things, and the uh, nuts and bolts of things, and you get right down to the bare bones situation, believing is doing. Believing is obeying. And it's simple. If God said, do this, I'm going to do it. If God says yes, I I say yes. If God says no, I say no. He is my master. Yes, Yes, He's my Lord. Yes, He's my Savior. Yes, He's merciful. Yes, He's kind. But He's my Lord to command me. He's my master. And I just believe He knows more than I do. And what does that look like? I submit. Whether the spirit of this age or tradition, or we ain't never done that, or we've always done this, set, disagrees or agrees. Colossians 2.8 I'm going to read this to so you. don't have to turn that. It says you know, beware. Be on the lookout Unless anyone will cheat you, someone say cheat, cheat Cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. It's possible to be cheated of the things of God, of salvation, and the benefits of salvation by the vain philosophies, empty deceits, and traditions of men. Well, I I would do that, but then I might look crazy. Some people think you're crazy anyway. Go ahead and own up to it and receive from God. How many know supernatural things, by definition of the word, shouldn't look natural? shouldn't be natural. When God does things, all through the Bible you can see that, and you've got testimonies of it too. When God does something, it's usually most always not the way man would have done it. But He does it through a man in a way that only He would do it so that all might see He's alive. So that all may give glory that He is the living God. But tradition can steal that away from you. Choose this day. Will you serve the gods of your fathers? Now, a lot of us here, I won't deny it at all, we have godly fathers. If you have a godly father, a godly upbringing, well then you've broken out of that, thank God. And you might say, well, I didn't have a godly father. Okay, become the godly father. Become the godly mother. Well, I didn't have a good upbringing. Create the good upbringing so that you can bless those around you. Because... Just always doing what always has been done will rob you of the good things of God. See, God knows whether our heart's in it or not. When it comes down to it, God knows whether we're playing the game or whether the heart's connected. Turn with me to Ezekiel 33.30. I want you to see this. Ezekiel 33.30. As you're turning there, I want you to say these four words. Say, hearing... And not doing ezekiel thirty three thirty Old Testament right after jeremiah ezekiel thirty three thirty and as for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls talk, god 's talking to Ezekiel here Ezekiel is in this hard situation he is in captivity with all of Israel who are also in Babylonian captivity and he's prophesying the word of the Lord to the people in captivity and he's saying the, the people are talking about you besides the walls and in the doors of the houses and they speak to one another everyone, everyone's saying to his brother please come hear what the word is that comes from the Lord when Ezekiel is about to minister everyone gets excited yeah come Ezekiel's about to minister we gotta hear what he's saying He's got the word of the Lord. Man, this is fun. This is exciting. You've got to hear what Ezekiel's got to say. Verse 31. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people. And they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, talks cheap? But their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this come, well, and they do not do them. Verse thirty-two. And they do not do them. The New Testament version is this: James one twenty-two. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Tradition, deceptions of men, can deceive from outside. But to hear the Word of God and not act on it is deception from within. It's one thing to have to be vigilant about what's coming outside in, and we should, amen? There's just some things we don't need our eyes to see. There's some things we just don't need our ears to hear. There's some things our mouths shouldn't say. I'll be completely honest with you, completely real with you. It's just as practical and simple as this. I'm a 31-year-old man, and I've made a rule for myself. You know, if I'm at home by myself, I make sure I'm busy doing something, doing something valuable or profitable. Because in past times of my life, it's when it's quiet, I'm by myself and I'm alone to temptation that things can get messed up. So it's just easy. Hey, just get out. Get out of the house. If you can't stop looking at something on your cell phone, break the thing and get a flip phone. It's worth your soul. If certain people, you love them, I ain't saying you don't love them, but if you get around certain folks, they're going to drag you down, you're just going to have to wave at a distance. Good to see you. I got to go. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, flee from sin. Should I really run from sin? Better than staying in it. Better than trapping you and taking you down. I'll look crazy. You'll look more crazy after, this, after sin is complete and destruction's come. Run, run. Be a doer. Of the Word of God. Because deception from within oftentimes is much more dangerous than deception without. Because we can kind of, you know, coat it over, raise my hands when someone's looking. But man, all the time, all along, God's seeing the inside. God knows the heart. He knows if what's coming in right now, not just at church, but at home when you're opening your Bible. When you're praying before the Lord, when God says something, deposits something in your spirit, tells you to do something, He knows He's watching. And, and it's not just for I'm not trying to condemn it all. It's encouraging because 2 Chronicles 16:9 says that the Lord is looking all over the earth constantly for people whose hearts are turned towards Him, so that He, the God of the universe, may move mighty on their behalf. I want to be judged but I want to be found faithful. Judgment for righteous folk is a good thing because God has determined and deemed you're righteous. You're doing what you're supposed to do. There's parables where it talks about where Jesus said in one specific one, the parable of the talents, it says the owner, he leaves. He goes away for some time and he leaves. You know the story. Three servants, three different amounts of parables. One, or talents. One, bars of silver. One, two, and five. He comes back. The one who has five, doubled it. The one who has two, doubled it. The one who has one, buried it. And he didn't even get interest at the bank for it. He didn't even reap that .028% per year interest. And the Lord's saying, look, there is a time where you have an opportunity to do what I've commanded. And I'm coming back. And if you do what he said to do, when you come back, when he comes back, it's a joyous thing. It's a joyous thing. Now, I want you to see this. Tradition carries no power. You're in Ezekiel. Look with me at 2 Timothy 3. The main verse I want you to see is verse 5. And this is the day and age in which we're living. I've come to learn this. Life... And success in life is just about mastering the basics. You know, I love love the body of Christ. I love Christians. I love love everybody. But I've never just got caught up into, we need a deeper revelation. No, I need to understand the basic things of the Bible more better. Someone say, more better. That's not good grammar. You'll remember it. I need to understand the Bible more better. I don't need something new added on to it. I just need a greater knowledge of Jesus. That's what Paul's prayer was for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1. I'm praying that the the eyes of your heart would be opened up so that your knowledge of God will increase. I don't need more added on, I just need greater of. In the day and age which we're living in, people are grasping for different things, things that will tickle the ears. Please the senses, but it carries no power. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, But now, but know this, that in the last days, how many believe we're living in the last days? Perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, Without self-control. You know if the Spirit of God's living on the inside of you because you have self-control. That's the last, if we will, the fruit of the Spirit. Bearing fruit of having the Spirit of God living in me, one of those things is self-control. Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, prideful, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Notice this, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people turn away. There is a deception in the earth. 2 Timothy 3.5 There's a deception in the earth, and what it all comes down to is, it's a form of godliness. It looks real good on the outside, but it has no saving power. When it comes right down to it, it won't do anything to change you. And that's not the Gospel. The Gospel is, you've been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Gospel is, I can't fill an old wine skin with new wine. I need a new wine skin. I'm going to make you brand new so that I can fill you with my spirit, so that the self-same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will live on the inside of you and make you alive unto God. That's the Gospel. It's not, well, I I have fulfilled my religious quota for the week. Man, if that's all it is, I would have stayed in my ward cleaver matching pajamas and not even combed my hair this morning. I would have not done everything I needed to do to get here if it was just a game. Laura and I were talking about that just earlier this week. I'm not going to play a game. We're not going to play a game. We're going to have the things of God in our life. Whatever cost. Because the cost that we'll pay is far, far little in comparison to the reward of Christ. And the gain Him and who He is and all that He has for us. And I won't just fall into a form of godliness, but not live in the power of God. See, Joshua, he said, you can serve the gods of your fathers. Or you can serve the gods of the Amorites in the land which you dwell. You know, I saw God of the Fathers and what I thought in my spirit was, that's tradition. But then there's also the God of the Amorites in the land you dwell. That's culture. That's everything taking place. When I mean culture, I don't mean like, oh, I'm refined. I do myself like a good ballet every now and then. I, that's not what I mean when I say culture. I mean the ways of society. The ways of mankind. The ways of mankind. The age of this earth, the present time in which we live. That's what I mean when I say culture. And so Joshua's saying, look, you can choose tradition or you can choose the culture around you. You can become just like the people that you defeated. If you're going to imitate someone, imitate a winner, not a loser. If you want apples, plant apple seeds. So you can pick this culture, but here's the problem. You were made to stand out. You were made to be noticed. God formed you, recreated you, filled you with his spirit, has empowered you, and given you the word of his mouth so that you can bring about the things of God in your life, in your family, and where you're at. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 15, or Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, as we come to a close today. Matthew 5, 13. Jesus said this. He said, You are the salt of the earth. I'm, I'm very, very utilitarian. In other words, I can get I, can, I, I like to get down to the very simple, basic understanding of things and don't kind of like mess it up with all the extras. So what I mean by that is, for instance, a good example is breakfast. For years I have put oatmeal, cracked eggs in it, stirred it up, put it in a microwave and eat it. Does it taste that great? Not really. But it's quick and it hits carbohydrates and protein for my breakfast. And so my mind, oh I'm checking off those boxes and it's quick. And uh, a few days ago, Laura, you know, she made some eggs for me for breakfast. And I was eating. I said, Laura, these eggs are wonderful. She said, yeah, I do something you never do. I said, what? What would you do to them? She said, I put salt and pepper in them. I said, well, I said wow, that's, I'm going to have to start doing that. This is going to be my thing. I'm going to make eggs and put salt and pepper in it. It's silly, isn't it? I know it is, because salt and pepper is what five, seven seconds. But I'm thinking, oh, five, seven seconds. I can efficiency, right? Efficiency. Do these eggs taste good? No, but I'm efficient, man. (laughs) Salt and pepper. That's my thing. You're the be salt of the earth. Notice what Jesus said here. Because, but if the salt loses its flavor, now if you've ever had salt and it got wet, it's good for nothing. How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You're the salt of the earth. Now we give glory to God, amen? Jesus, who we are, is because of Christ and our faith in Him. I'm not denying that. But because I am who God says I am, then I'm salt of the earth. And if this place is going to get salty, it's going to be by you and me. Yes, Jesus in you. But Jesus himself didn't say, I'm going to come down, when you lose your saltiness, I'll come down and be salt for you. Jesus paid the the price for you to be salt so that you can, think about what salt does. Salt, in, in days before refrigeration, salt preserved. They would salt meat. They would butcher an animal and you can't eat 100, 200 pounds of meat in one day. Not a family. So they would take it and they would salt this and smoke it and it would preserve it without refrigeration. Salt preserves. Second Thessalonians 3, it talks about how there are three restrainers in the earth. Government. Government should restrain evil. Amen. Amen. There's some cities, even in our nation, that they won't restrain evil. And then the people are suffering because of it. People just go around loot and break things down and burn stuff up. And then the and then the officials, elected officials, are too scared to stand up against evildoers, and then they wonder why everyone moves. I wouldn't live there either. We just had a, a couple come to our house last week and they, they said they were from the Pacific Northwest and that their children, they said, thank goodness our children j- moved out of Portland before all this craziness happened. Because if they wanted to, they couldn't even sell the property because everything was getting burned down and pushed over. And, and, and because that government is not restraining wickedness and evil, it brings sorrow to the people. Now the other restrainer is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a ministry on the earth to convict. You understand why I'm saying restrain, holding back like a fence, like a gate. The Holy Spirit convicts and He moves on the hearts of people to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But there's a third restraining force in the earth, and it's you. It's the church. It's the people of the living God who will say, not on my watch. As for me and my house, I'm serving God. What if it's not politically correct? (laughs) Sorry. I'm serving God. What if my neighbors don't like it? What if some family don't like it? I love you, but I'm not. If you're going to make me pick between God and you, get a ticket and get in line. (laughs) Because I'm serving God. If you're going to make me pick from anything or anyone or God, I've already made the decision. I don't have to wait to think about it. Give me a couple days, I'll get back to you. And you, as a redeemed child of God, as the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus, you're a restraining force on this earth. You're salt. Imagine that. At the rapture of the church, and everyone that believes in Jesus plucked out. People think it's rough now. People thought 2020 was rough and different states and cities where constitutional rights were trampled on. They thought it was rough then. Imagine everyone who prays a prayer and gets an answered prayer. Imagine people who actually live by this word all gone. That will be tribulation. That will be hell on earth. Because there's a preserving factor in you. And His name is Jesus. Now notice this. Verse 14, you're the light of this world. You're a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, whose light? Your light, so shine before men that they may see your good works and then glorify your Father in heaven. Joshua stood before a nation of 110 years of living and he had a hundred and ten years of testimony that if you'll just trust and submit yourself to God, he is faithful to do what he has promised. Joshua, the man, born a slave in Egypt, he crossed the dry land when the Red Sea was split open. He stood looking at the promised land in Numbers 14 at Kadesh Barnea. And he and Caleb were the only two righteous people. When those twelve spies came back, they were two of them. The other ten brought up an evil report. I've said it before. The evil report's not, well, there's giants in the land. There were. The evil report was not, there's walls, big walls. There were. The evil report was, We look like grasshoppers in their sight and we can't take this promised land even though God said we could. And Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit. Joshua had a different spirit and he said, no, 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 no. If we'll go right now and we'll quickly obey God, we can have what God said we can have. And that is what the earth is groaning for sons and daughters of God that have been redeemed to display the goodness of God and to live a life set apart unto God so that God will have witnesses in the earth to move powerful through. The flow of the supernatural and the things of heaven is in the life of obedience. Joshua saw the Jordan River split open before him because he obeyed. Joshua saw the walls of Jericho fall down because he obeyed. Joshua led a nation to their promised land because he obeyed. And Joshua stood at the end of his days and could plainly, boldly state, as for me and my house, we will serve the living God. As for me and my house, there are no alternatives. As for me and what I have authority over, where I'm placed, what God's giving me to do on this earth, it will be done according to what God has said. As for me and my house, we're going to do it God's way. And the Bible tells us in Psalms 1, blessed is that man that doesn't walk after the counsel of the ungodly there's a different way of living for you. Nor stands in the way of sinners, there's a different way of thinking for you. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful, there's a different way of living for you. But that person's delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Word of God. And in the law of God, that person meditates, ponders, thinks, understands, loves, eats, digests, fills himself. Day and night with this word. And what takes place? That person is like a tree planted by rivers of water that will bring forth fruit in their season. Someone say, It's my season. You don't have to wait for a season. If you've been redeemed, you're in your season. If you're a child of God, you're living in your season right now. If you're a child of God, you're planted by those rivers that will not fail. Though the rain of the earth won't fall around others, you've got an underground spring and river that is supplying and strengthening you. And their leaf will not wither. Witherless seasons. And whatever they do, shall... Prosper. Who wants a prosperous life? Who wants a prosperous marriage? Prosperous children? A prosperous relationship with God? What's prosperity mean? It means abundance, excess, overflow, more than enough, strong, strengthened, not running out. Who wants a prosperous health? A prosperous mind? More than enough wisdom to know to do the task God set you to do. Well, then it's very simple. Serve God and lead your household. Lead your family. Lead yourself. Lead those around you. Lead people to Christ. He that wins souls is wise. The person that will lead people to Jesus will prosper in everything they do. They will prosper in what God has set before them. And they will enjoy the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the sustaining grace of God. And their leaf will not wither. Their root will not dry. And they'll bear fruit year in, year out, their whole life. And we too will stand like Joshua at the end of our days and say, anybody else, you choose whatever you want, but as for me, I'm going to serve God. If that's you, won't you stand up today and we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we bless your name, God. We give you glory and praise and honor. will not you go ahead, people. Just, church, just go ahead and worship the Lord where you're at right now. Just begin to love on God and worship Him and give Him praise and glory. Lord, we bless your name, God. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness. We honor you now, even now, oh God. We thank you that even as you fill us, you're filling this place. And you're filling the churches across this nation, across this earth, Father. Lord, we say that look on our hearts, for we shall be found faithful, God. Look, let your eyes stop on us as a church, on us as a people and see that our hearts are turned towards You. For we turn our hearts to You, Lord. Do something supernatural and mighty through us, through our marriages, through our children, through this church, through our businesses, in our bodies, in our minds, where we're at in the marketplace. Move powerfully in us, Lord. For we have decided we will follow Jesus and we shall not turn back in the name of Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I choose You. And you alone. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Master. I'll obey you as you empower me to obey. You are faithful and you'll bring about your Word in my life. For I give myself and my house to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Amen. Yes. Hold on one second. Brother Chris got something he was going to say here. Maybe we'll get a mic so everyone can, can hear. Now,
1: if you make a mistake in life, you just ask the good Lord to forgive you. Amen. Now, I don't know if I need forgiveness for this, but I missed a line. Uh-oh. And I said to myself, you know, Lord, we could just let this slide on by. Or we can just go over it. And, you know, I won't worry about it no
0: more. And we'll be done with it.
1: That's right. If I left a nut off a man's truck and I know he's going to be out there on the road, I might, I might better say something. Right. Anyway, this is just real simple. And then I'd like to say something about Father's Day. Yes, sir. But.
0: Get that, mic. So a live stream here?
1: Probably don't need that. I, well, we'll um, let people hear it, too. Yes. Um, but it says, this is a line I missed. Okay. And this is important. It would be like leaving, leaving something out of the Word of God. Hmm. And this is very important. And I know you already know it and meet the requirements, but it was for me to say. And I I, I didn't realize I'd missed it, you know, until then I didn't want to mess everything up. But sometimes you don't have to be proper about everything. That's right. It says, must show the evidence of the call of God on your life. Hmm. I'll tell you what I told myself coming to church this morning. I do believe the call of God is on your life and I do Amen. believe this Thank is you, right. Lord. I believe this is right. I believe it in my spirit. I know it's right. Yeah. Must be dedicated to fulfill the call of God on your life. I believe that. Amen. I believe you're doing what God called you to do. I really do. Yeah. <clears throat> Must be mature in spirit and a novice. As far as I know, you've done that. Must have completed in the process of Completing the entire reading
0: of the Bible. Thank you for listening to this faith-filled message. Please connect with us at our website, gospeltabernaclechurch.com so we can continue to be a part of your faith walk. And if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, now is the time to do that. Now, today, is the day of salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I believe you sent your only begotten Son Jesus Christ, to die for my sins on the cross, and you have raised him from the dead, that I might be alive in him. Jesus, I confess you are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome. You're now in the family of God. You're a child of God. Connect with us. Let us know if you prayed that prayer. We want to be right there alongside you as you walk out this journey of faith in Christ. God bless you.